You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral, who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining, also doing a little redefining of the sales game, and I'm going to bring you another solo episode today. I think we wore Kyle out. We did five episodes on Monday of this week. That's okay. He needs his rest. He needs as much beauty rest as he can get. But today I want to talk about why sometimes sticking to your guns And not even really why sometimes, why I feel like we should stick to our guns literally every time, especially when you're working in middle market accounts. And here's what I mean by that. You ever heard my buddy Josh Gurley talk? He's got three or four questions that he asks as he prepares any prospect to do business with his firm. And he rates each answer, red, yellow, green, just like a stoplight. To whether or not he's going to proceed. I ask three questions. I never can remember the fourth, but I feel like if I hit three, I'm still, I'm still doing good if I got green lights on all three of them. But both of us ask the same first question, and that is, are you going to be able to get me the information I need when I need it? Now, that seems like a really basic question, but how many times as producers are we caught close to renewal, still trying to get loss runs or other information that literally we've been asking for for months. Weeks. Months might be a little dramatic. But weeks and multiple times, and we're still not getting it. So when you ask someone, are you able to get me the information I need when I need it, and they tell you yes, you now have an accountability measure to hold them accountable to. Hey, look, when we first started talking, you told me that you would be able to get me what I needed when I needed it. So far, I've asked you for loss information, historical premium information about four or five times, and it doesn't appear that we're going to be able to get that information in enough time to do what we need to do. So I think it would probably be best for both of us if we just gracefully excused ourselves from consideration because we have a process that we follow and we need to have enough time to follow our process in order to get you the results that you would expect from us. 
pretty basic, but producers don't do that. And they don't do that because they're whores for premium, period. Producers are prostitutes in many cases because they're going out, they're selling themselves out, they don't follow any code of conduct, they don't follow rules, they don't have a process that they've put in place. And I'm not talking about every producer, but a good bit of them are that way. I would argue people listening to the podcast, probably not as much because you're actually investing in yourself and trying to learn. But I would also think that there's a few of you on here that probably need to figure out what your place in in the industry is. But when you do that, you diminish your own value proposition, not just for your firm and for yourself, but for every other client in your book of business. And it's amazing because if you stick to your guns and you agree that you're not going to cave, you're going to hold these people to what they agree to, you're going to filter out the people who work want to work with you from the people who don't. And I know that sounds really, really basic, but I was just on a coaching call not that long ago with my buddy Patrick McBride, who's a member of Killing Commercial, and he's got an outstanding opportunity on his plate right now. And we were going through the loss runs. We were looking at the mod worksheet, trying to figure out what his questions were going to be, the angles he was going to use, how he was going to drive the wedge. And he had set up for an amazing account. This thing, he's going to be bringing in 20 or 25 grand in revenue for his agency when he closes this account next week. And I'm saying that with absolute certainty because this thing is set up on a silver platter for him. It's exactly where it needs to be. But the reason I'm confident in that is because Patrick is one of the most coachable people I know. When I give him advice, when I give him feedback, he's back to the drawing board, he's back into his lab, figuring out how am I going to make this work, and he does. He figures out how to implement and make it work. Sometimes he makes it a little bit of his own, and that's okay, but in this case, he pretty much stuck to his guns, and he had gone into this account, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars in premium, and he did what we do. You know, he went in and said, are you going to be able to give me the information I need when I need it? And he got agreement and he went and asked if he would have access to the people when he needed that. And he got agreement. And he's not at the point yet where he could ask the question, if I come in and demonstrate a compelling business case, do you have the ability to fire Bob or fire Sally and hire me? Because we want to ask that question too. Because a lot of the times somebody acts like they're the decision maker and they have all the power when in reality they have zero decision making power whatsoever and you need to be in front of the person who can make that decision, period. So he got yeses and he was ready to proceed. So he gets back to his office and he sends the email reaching out saying this is the information I'm going to need and lists, lists the loss runs and the period of time he needs them for and nothing happens. So he sends it out again. Nothing happens. Sends it out again. Nothing happens. And he was supposed to meet with this account this afternoon after he and I had his strategy session to make sure everything was buttoned up. So rather than Patrick go into the meeting and doing a dance, trying to figure out a way to get this thing across the finish line with no information, he shot a message over to the person he was supposed to meet with this at this account and said, at this point, I feel like we're probably not going to be a good fit for you. You haven't given us the information we've requested for after we've asked several times. And so rather than us meet this afternoon about nothing, I'm going to give you an hour of your time back and get an hour of mine back because we do need to work on some other project. And within a matter of seconds, he got a response back from the person at the company that said, I'm so sorry. It's not that I don't have the information. 
I've just been bogged down and I haven't made it a priority to send it to you. I really want to talk to you guys. Will you please, can we please rebook for next week? Here's everything that you need. And immediately he got the loss runs, he got the mod worksheet, and he got the appointment to go back and talk about what he found and created in his work product in a week. But if Patrick wouldn't have stuck to his guns, what would have happened? Sadly, there's tens of thousands of producers out there that know exactly what would happen because that's what they do. They'd have kept the meeting. They'd have gone and talked about superficial things. They'd have talked about how we might be able to get you a quote for a better price. They would have talked about um, you know, how long they've been with this insurance carrier, how long they've been with the agent, all surface level questions they wouldn't have been able to dive in. But the thing is, it's not just the fact that Patrick got the information, and it's not just the fact that he got the appointment rebooked for next week. It's what happened when he and I met today, in addition to those two things, that makes this an absolute slam dunk. When we pulled the workers' comp loss runs and we looked at the experience mod worksheet, this account, by all practical purposes, was a very, very clean account. Their mod was in the point, it was like 0.77. It was really, really good, you know, relative to one. But it goes back to what I preach, how good could they be? And when I went in and calculated the minimum mod by dividing the stabilizing value into box K, we found out that the minimum mod was 0.65. So if everything else was right, they still had 12 points on almost 200,000 of workers' comp premium alone that they were just happy paying for because they never knew they could be 12 points lower than where they were. But Patrick, because he follows our process, because he understands that he has to invest and buy mods sometimes to track and because he takes it that one step further and gets the notifications from NCCI, when he pulls the mod, he knew that that mod went from a 0.71 to a 0.77. So it was already going up. And he asked questions around that. And that created concern on the other end with the person that he was supposed to meet with. Well, when we get the loss runs and we compare them to the mod worksheet, like I said, they were pretty clean loss runs. There were only two or three claims on there, but with only two or three claims, actually there were a total of four. Two of them were grouped medical and they were together. Then there was one that had some indemnity, but there was another claim for over $100,000 total incurred that's nowhere to be found on the mod worksheet, yet it's on the loss runs in the policy period that's coming onto the mod right now. Thank God we caught it because now what can happen is Patrick has the ability to use Mod Advisor to go in. We're not auditing the mod. There's not really much to audit. We already did that by eyeballing it. When you have three claims, you don't need software to, to figure out if something's missing or not. But we want to project what the mod actually should be. And we're going to use the software for that. So he's going to go into Mod Advisor now. And he's going to key in everything from the loss runs exactly as it is. Leave the payroll information, premium information, all that stuff that's on the mod worksheet. That stuff is, is okay. And then he's going to go in and he's going to talk to this prospect about their experience mod and what's driving it and what's going on with the fact that it went up not just from a 7.1 to a 7.7, 7, 
it's going to get much higher than that when the new mod is calculated inside of Mod Advisor. And so I asked Patrick, as he was looking at that, I said, hey, man, you know, what are the things that you see here? What are the things that, you, that are really, really stand out to you? And what are the questions you're going to ask? And I got to tell you, as somebody who teaches and invests in other people, the most rewarding thing for me is to be able to get the feeling that I get when people win. I like it when I win, but I love it when other people win, especially if they win using tricks and information that I've taught them. I shouldn't say tricks because that's kind of a negative connotation, but some of the skills and some of the, some of the um, tactics that we teach them. And so I said, Patrick, when you talked with her and you had the meeting, you knew some of this. How, what was that conversation like? He said, well, it was kind of interesting. He goes, I talked to him about safety pro, uh, training. Didn't really have anything in place. Talked to them about a safety manual. They said they typically are the subcontractor and they just follow the safety protocol of the GC on the job. He said, I talked to them about their auto and they said they don't pay a lot of premium and they only really have one main vehicle, maybe two. It's not something they put emphasis on. People, the loss ratio on the auto was over 300%. 300%. But we don't need training on that. He asked about a safety committee and where they get their topics from and do they keep minutes of the meeting. He asked about accident investigation, incident investigation, accident and incident reporting. What happens with those reports? Does the safety committee take those, review them in their meetings, and then implement something to make sure that behavior is stopped or that that accident or incident is prevented from happening again? And he walked right down the line of the Killing Commercial Playbook. And none of it was about insurance. It was all about operational behaviors and inefficiencies that are leading that experience mod to go up, driving the premium up. And ultimately, it's going to put them in some problems because these people are GCs for large construction projects. I'm sorry, subcontractors for large construction projects. And if it gets to the point where that mod gets too high, they're toast. They're not going to they're not going to have the ability to work for the GCs that they work for anymore. So knowing that this is a relatively clean account with a relatively good mod that's still got a gap between where they're at and their minimum, knowing that there's an error that needs to be fixed that he's going to show them and knowing that there's all kinds of things that are missing from their operations in terms of safety and risk management that is why I know he's set up to dominate on this next appointment. And the reason he's still in the dance is because he stuck to his guns. He stuck to his guns and he found someone that what really did want to talk to him and he let him know how serious he was. See, I think this actually has some interesting parallels to the dating world. I can't speak for every other guy out there, but I can tell you that when I was younger, long before I was married with four kids and I was looking for, you know, a date or a young lady that I, you know, wanted to hang out with, I was always more intrigued by the people that played harder to get, by the people that had principles, by the people who had a moral compass. And it wasn't that it was some macho challenge for me to try and go and get in front of them. It told me that this was probably somebody that I should be more serious about because they have a belief structure that they're committed to and I can I can get behind that. I can I can agree with that. And so I was always more attracted to the young ladies 
that had a belief structure, had a moral compass, stuck to it, and didn't cave to peer pressure or anything else than I was, you know, unfortunately, the young ladies who didn't have that intended to be more free spirits, if you know what I mean. Not interested in that. And I'm certainly not interested in wifing up with somebody like that. But if you, if you look at it, it's really kind of the same. Buyers don't want a whore for an insurance agent. They don't want somebody that's going to come in and do what they tell them to do, that's going to change their process around just because they don't agree with it. They want somebody who knows what they're doing, who has a proven process, who's not going to break that process and stick to their guns, and it's going to be around for a while as a result of that. So put that in your back pocket and think about that. As you're going out to cold call this week, as you're going out to dial on the phones, what are, what are your rules? What are your rules of engagement? What are the questions that you ask? And how committed to those questions are you? I suspect the law of large numbers is accurate in that the overwhelming majority of the industry really doesn't care as long as they get paid for selling a policy. But the professionals, the trusted advisors, the best in class out there, they absolutely care, and they know exactly what their questions are, and they know exactly how they're going to handle it if somebody pushes back. Don't be afraid to push back. Sometimes when you push back, it's the best thing you can do because it gives that prospect a wake-up call to let them know we're not all created equal. And I can assure you, we aren't. I'll catch you guys next week. Hope you have a great weekend. See ya. You've been listening to Power Producers Shop Talk. You can follow us at the Power Producers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to take your game to the next level, check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit Amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book, The Extra Two Minutes.